0: I'm not quite sure how non-Catholics can read this passage and continuously, ruthlessly condemn the Catholic Church for its views of the works of mercy. Did that last line not say, these will go off to eternal punishment, but those who do the works of mercy to eternal life. Yeah, it is critically important. Um, They misunderstand, I think, Catholic teaching. The key to this is a a misunderstanding of merit. And again, take you back to seminary because this is a very important topic that Martin Luther did not understand. Merit. Merit i um, thinking that Catholics believe that one must do good works in order to be saved. It's actually the opposite of what the Catholic Church teaches. Well, wait a minute, Father, I'm confused. You just told me we had to do good works. We just read it, but you're telling me that we can't. Yes, you cannot earn your way into heaven. Now, what do I mean? All right. Only Christ merits, okay, by his passion, death and resurrection on the cross, Only Jesus Christ merits eternal life for us, but we need to accept that grace, under his grace, live as an example of Christ, mainly by doing love, acts of love for our brother. Now, remember the famous expression in the book of James, faith without works is dead. Do you know that... Many non-Catholics always criticize us that we are saved by faith alone. Do you know the only time the words faith alone appear in the Bible together is the book of James. You are not saved by faith alone, he says. I think it's James 2.14 or something like that. He says, you are not saved by faith alone. Well, people always point to Romans three twenty-eight. Paul says, you are saved by faith alone and not by works. No, it doesn't say that. Martin Luther added the word alone. You are saved by faith, doesn't say alone, and not by works of the law, meaning washing your hands or keeping to the, you know, uh, cutting your hair and things like that. Well, anyway... You've heard me say that before, but here's the point. We are saved only by God's grace. We can do nothing to save ourselves. All right. We cannot even die on the cross and save ourselves because we fall short. Only the infinite merit of Christ can do that. Now, we are saved only by God's grace, but we have to cooperate with that grace to show our love. So do you remember your works of mercy? Let's summarize them really quick right now because these are foundational. All right, pick one. Even if you can't do them all, start with one. Try to do a deed of mercy. Last year, I did a talk on the precious blood of Jesus, and I said, let's all say to ourselves, we're going to do one act of mercy every day. If we can do that, we will change the world. Let's go start. All right. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. Matthew 25, 35. Now, what does that mean? Yes, literally, but also spiritually in a way Um, we can help the hungry in simple ways. Yes, we know the traditional ways of giving to the local food bank or helping a local soup kitchen, maybe not even giving the food, but you could go help serve them or do things there. You know, we can make time to educate ourselves about hunger in the world. It doesn't have to be about handing food to somebody, but you can educate yourselves. You can use your voice and your votes right, to pressure our politicians to truly help the poor, not this false social justice that is running rampant in the world, but true social justice. Support the works of the Marian Fathers. If you saw last Divine Mercy Sunday, we showed you all the places around the world, Kazakhstan and Brazil and Argentina and, and um, all across Europe where we're working, Latvia, uh, Lithuania, where we are helping around the world. You can help be those hands and feet of Jesus. All right, next, I was thirsty and you gave me drink. Now, do you know that nearly one billion people lack fresh water? They do. More than three and a half million people a year die from water-related disease. Wow. Every 21 seconds, a child in the world dies from a lack of water. We don't think about that often. Do you know one-fifth of all childhood deaths—one-fifth—are caused—you'll never guess this one—one-fifth of all the deaths in the world are caused by diarrhea from not having water, proper clean water, which kills more young children than AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria combined. Water. Giving drink to the thirsty can also be done by voting, for example, supporting Clean Water Acts and things like that. Or you can see Water for Mercy, Uh, Nermeen Rubin, a friend of our Marian community, does amazing work in Africa providing water, clean water. All right, what's our next work of mercy? So you had give food to the hungry, drink to the thirsty. What's next? I was naked and you clothed me. This is Matthew 25, 35, and 36. You know, we can always go through our closets, right, and find clothes that we don't need or we don't need or wear, donate them. You could even sell them at garage sales and give them money. That's true alms. Um, But did you know this, that you who are working hard every day in your own families, if you say, Father, I don't have time. I You know, I'm busy with my own family. Well, think about this. Do you know that each day when you're working hard to earn the money to provide for your family, food, drink, and clothing, and even shelter, as we're going to hear coming up, for your own family, you're already doing the works of mercy, providing for your family. I remember when I was 12, I think, My father got upset with me one time because I was probably being disobedient. He told me to go out and get a job and start earning food for the table. (laughs) I was 12. (laughs) And to start earning food to put on the table because that's what he was doing every day. And so, you know, we, those of you who cook and clean at home, you're already practicing these corporal works of mercy, at least outwardly for your family. But now do it inwardly in the heart. Give to those, even if it's just a smile or a a glance or a a nice word, a kind word. Give to them uh, compassion, love, not just the immediate needs of your family, but somebody on a subway. Do you remember that Uh, when I was writing the suicide book with Brother Jason? Do you know that one guy? um, This is a true story. Do you know the number one place in the world where people commit suicide, or take their own lives outside of the home. The Golden Gate Bridge. And it's a true story that one, they recovered a body. And by the way, um, I was going down to um, Hartford the other day, and there was a bunch of police. They were blocking the road to get over the bridge. And I just saw, just saw yesterday, I didn't know what had happened, somebody had jumped off, they think somebody had jumped off that bridge. They haven't found the body yet. But this person in California jumped off the Golden Gate Bridge and they recovered the body. And later they were, the family was cleaning out the apartment and the person had left a note and it said, I'm going to the bridge today to end my life, to jump. But if even one person smiles at me along the way, I will not do it. This was their letter. I'm going to the bridge to jump. But if even one person smiles at me along the way, I won't do it. This is a true story. And the person did. Can't we find even one smile, an act of mercy for our brethren? Wow. And so do that. All right. Next, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Interesting, I I think of yesterday, my parents, I mentioned in the mass after the mass yesterday that my mom and dad are without power. It was 40 degrees in their condo. Um, They couldn't get into the hotels that had generators. They were booked and I I think my mom would die. Um, And somebody from the live stream, friends from the live stream, drove 80 miles to pick up my mom and dad to get them to a warm home that had electricity that is taking and welcoming in a stranger. So yes, we can start with family members. But like those amazing people, Kevin and Lori and Haji, they took in somebody that's not family. They took in my parents. Um, So if you have, yes, aging or ill family members, welcome them in. But come to the aid of those who are also not family, Uh, those who were driven from their homes, those you know, who are in need. Um, even, even people you don't know, like Habitat for Humanity, you can help, right? We can practice these works of mercy by using, also as I keep saying, our votes. Support policies that create jobs, especially for the poor or the homeless. Um, you know, open, open your hearts. Um, you, know, we, you know, we have here, when we have ordinations, we have a bunch of brothers come from around the country and we always don't have room here at the National Shrine, but we have friends of the community around here that open their homes and allow our priests and brothers to stay with them. Beautiful. All right, a couple more. I was in prison and you visited me. And this is Matthew 20, um, 25, 36. Visiting those in prison does not mean you're soft on crime. Actually, it's the opposite. With some violent criminals, yes, we can't let out, we gotta lock them up and the proverbial throw away the key, but you don't throw away the person, okay? Uh, punishment <clears throat> can deter the, the, the quarantines. Punishment de- uh, deters things and quarantines will help keep safe, but, but prayer and helping them, we hope will lead to reform, right? So you can be pen pals to those. You can bring materials uh, if the prison allows you. Um, Affirm their human dignity. They're people made in God's images. You know, I think about this, um, and the church is not... I mean, I know Pope Francis changed this recently, but traditionally the church had not been opposed 100% to capital punishment, Um, you know, if there's cases where there's a real threat to society. But nowadays, you know, um, there is maximum security and different things. I I think back to the guy who tried to kill, uh, or did kill, Maria Goretti, and he knifed her, uh, stabbed her, but yet he ended up attending her canonization Um, He ended up becoming a Franciscan. He ended up converting his whole life. Here's the guy that tried to murder her. Um, Had we ended his life, Um, You know, he may not have had that chance for conversion. So we do want to see that there's kinds of sides. I I still struggle with this because I I know the church has supported um, capital punishment when there's a need, okay, if there's a real threat to society. And I don't want to speak because I heard something that Pope Francis actually changed the catechism. So I I don't want to comment anymore on that. All right, last two real quick. I was ill and you cared for me. You know, Mother Teresa once remarked that the greatest poverty was not actually hunger or homelessness, but it was the poverty of being unwanted, unloved, and uncared for. So visit the sick, the homebound, those in nursing homes, family, friends, and strangers. You know, one of the things that most broke my heart during COVID was they wouldn't even, even a priest, they wouldn't allow me in and I think more people died of a broken heart than, than, than of COVID. Um, these people were treated uh, like lepers. Um, nobody was, their own family was not allowed in to see them. Um, we, 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 yeah, we really need to do that. We need to visit, um, you know, there are people some that are sick, we know this for physical, but social isolation Do you know the suicide rates after COVID? Because people weren't allowed to go to receive mental health treatments a lot of times. Suicide rates skyrocketed, calls to suicide hotlines. Um, You know, visiting people is really, really powerful. I got my first taste of this back in North Carolina before I felt the call to the priesthood. And I used to take my big old yellow lab, Rocky. Boy, how different times were in North Carolina, especially 20 years ago. I would take Rocky, walk right into the nursing home with Rocky. And after several times, he wouldn't even be on a leash. They loved him there. And Rocky would go into all the rooms, and the people just loved him. They'd pet him. And and I remember one time, Rocky dove underneath the bed, and he was squirming under the bed. There was a piece of crust that had fallen, and Rocky found that, and he dove under the bed. And the, the look on the people's faces was just so enlightened by just having a big yellow lab just to pat on the top of the head and how their day was made so much brighter it, just by visiting them, just learning who they were and, and who they were. Like I i have told a story before um, that, you know, that changed my life when I saw that. Man, I was there to visit the Catholics from our parish, but I ran into another guy, Terry, that that nobody thought could talk. I didn't, I, I thought he couldn't talk. And he looked at me and he said, hello. he just sit there in his bed all day long, just bouncing back and forth. And he had lost the whole side of his face because he told me the whole story. Nobody would ever go in and talk to him because they didn't think he could even talk as he would just go back and forth with his head. But when he was like 17 years old, he worked for a tree company and there was an accident and somebody yelled when they cut a branch screamed to him to look out. And of course, what's your natural reaction? You look up and that big log crushed the whole side of his face. And he's been bedridden, and paralyzed in that bed for 35 years, never leaves, never gets up. But yet when I would bring Rocky in there, he would giggle and laugh. That, that is what Christ is talking about. And then finally, the most confusing, bury the dead, the last one. What does that mean? Most of us make sure and need to make sure that our relatives and friends have proper funeral services. This is true. This is a work of mercy to ensure that they have prayers, please, Do not think it's too hassle to have a funeral mass said for your loved ones. You've got to have. That's the most important thing you can do, not flowers, not what catering is going to be done at the reception. The most critically important thing you can do is to have that mass said for them. Even if they didn't talk about it, have that mass said for them. And then at the funeral, the most important thing there is not what you're wearing. It's not at what time the priest is going to announce this or that. The most important thing is your prayers. Maria Simini said most of the holy souls in purgatory told her the biggest problem with funerals is all these tears. Tears mean nothing to the holy souls. All the crying doesn't mean anything. They weren't being prayed for. So when you go to the funeral, maybe it's not so much about the tears. It's more about the prayers that they are need. And so be aware of the needs of those, um, you know, and also to those who are struggling to bury the dead. Sometimes we can't let go. Uh, we go into depression. You know, we need to help one another to bury our lost loved ones, to let them go and trust them to God. And really the most important of this is the holy souls. You know, our ability to help release them from purgatory, again, have a mass set and offering personal prayers and sacrifices so that they can have a proper burial in the sense of um, of what they may not hear from their family. You pray for them and you offer prayers and sacrifices. So these are the works of mercy. These are what Christ calls us to do. And again, we don't earn our way into heaven. God's merit does, his grace does, but we got to cooperate with that grace and be another Christ on earth. You can't be saved if you never act like Christ. And, and, and by rejecting the acts of the works of mercy as a necessity, you're not being like Christ. And that's why Jesus said here, those like the sheep will go off to eternal life, but those like the goats will go off to eternal punishment. Does that sound like it's optional? Uh-uh. Does it sound like it's necessary? Absolutely. But the grace comes from God. You just have to cooperate with it.